Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. You're listening to the Trading Matters Podcast by OCBC Securities, a show where we discuss with an OCBC Securities expert on how the latest news will impact markets worldwide, including Singapore, the US, China, and Hong Kong. I'm Elliot Danker, and helping me out is Samuel Wong, trading strategist from OCBC Securities. Hi, Samuel. Good morning, Elliot. Samuel, center stage, we're looking at the word volatility. In your opinion, are things going to get higher or lower from this level? Mm-hmm. Volatility breeds on the ground of uncertainty. As long as the global uncertainties continue to dominate the market fear, say, the Russia-Ukraine military conflict, the escalating inflationary concern, and the latest combination of a series of aggressive interest rate high environment that has the market concerns. And for that matter, the market has the next concern of a yield curve inversion that saw the US two-year treasury yield traded high above the 10-year treasury yield and the spread itself is the wildest level over the last 22 years. That raises the next concern of the potential global recession. Recessionary fears are going to affect you and me and many of our financial well-being in the job employment, purchasing power spending. In time of corporate, it is also about the survival, growing concern of the companies. When uncertainties prevail, this will pick up the degree and magnitude of the market volatility. So Samuel, here's my trick question, right? We talk about volatility. Mm-hmm. Mm. Then how do we trade on it? Oh, that is a good question. Given this market volatility, it is very tough to do a stock pick and trade. For extra information that you need to know about trading on the VIX, the long-term average for the VIX number is about 20. That is considered normal or low. During the global financial crisis on the 24th October 2008, VIX actually traded on an intraday high at 89.53. Typically, a high VIX number, say, that's trading above 30, that might indicate a high market volatility and a heightening market fears. For this market fear level, stock market prices tend to trade on the lower end. This is where the controlling investor or even the traders might take it as a buying opportunity or indicator. Likewise, the reverse low VIX number as a guide, you need to be cautious of the market complacency mode. And as you cannot buy or invest or trade into the volatility index directly, some of the alternatives that the market would consider getting into the VIX action would be through futures, auction, and also the VIX-based ETF. Samuel, one of the things we're seeing on the back of the Jackson Hole meeting on the 25th of August is the market seems to have lowered down their expectations. What are the big concerns here? You actually read my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the US Fed Chairman Jerome Powell has repeatedly warned the market on several occasions of the very hockey stone to go for the interest rate hike until inflation is being cooled off. For this round, Jerome Powell was not fighting inflation war alone. He is actually being supported fully by his Federal Reserve Fed voting members from Esther George, Loretta Master, who are also the Fed President for Kansas and Cleveland. They actually support the current U.S. benchmark rate of 2.25% to 2.5% to be raised to the next higher level at 4% by end of this year, if not by early 2023. With this, over the remaining three FOMC meetings for the year, the market could expect either a 50 basis point or 75 basis point rate hike going forward. Yes, you're right. In a way, 
market could mellow down their expectation on the back of the potentially more rate hike frequencies that are on the card. Samuel, one of the things we tend to look at is various data points, right? Various mm. indicators. And I've noticed a lot of noise about the US two-year Treasury yield trading higher than the 10-year yield. It helps to take a look at the graphic itself. But what can we gather from this move with regard to market impact? Mm. Talking about the interest rate, we can't miss out on the area of the yield curve inversion. The US two-year Treasury yield recently hit a high of 3.5%. That is higher than the US 10-year Treasury yield at 3.2%. This is the highest level since the year 2000. On a quick glance, this yield inversion would suggest a weaker market sentiment in the longer time frame and also a potential recession over the next 6 to 12 months looking ahead. On the flip side, or what I call as the opportunistic anger, the inverted yield curve, which signaled the potential recession, this could also be an indicator that the US Fed might cut interest rate in the coming year so as to revive and stimulate the economy. Elliot, if you were to look into the US Federal Reserve implied probability ratio for the interest rate movement for the year of 2023, you will notice that going forward, the second half of 2023, it seems that the traders in the market are pricing for the interest rate hike to take a pause or also the chances of a rate cut. So all is not lost in the market for those who are looking for a reason to buy in the event of another sizable market weaknesses. Mm. We've been talking about the US and of course the interest rate movement. If we were to expand out a little bit and talk about the next biggest growth engine of the world, say the China and Hong Kong markets as well, what are you seeing here? Mm. By the nature of the market cap itself, these two markets are the leading players in the world. By international trade numbers, US and China are again the top two counterparty for each other as well as to the rest of the world. On the equity market trade flow, just for your interest, for the recent month of August, US market was down on average about 4%. But interestingly, the Hong Kong market was only down marginally by 1%. We spoke about the US inflationary and recessionary concern. Let's move a little bit more to, into China, Hong Kong. Elliot, we are also aware that China and Hong Kong markets are burdened down by their property crisis concern. Mm the COVID condition that once locked down major cities like Shanghai, Shenzhen, Guangdong, Chongqing, and with the most recent Chengdu. But the fact is, China is also doing some damage control. On the property crisis, China has cut its five years prime rate and also urged the Chinese bank to maintain a steady loan growth. It also announced of 200 billion renminbi worth of special loans to bail out the property developers. Then the State Council of China has also announced a 19-point package on the 25th of August that is worth 1 trillion renminbi just to focus on the infrastructure spending. But the key point to watch will be the coming China 20th Party Congress meeting that is to be held on the 16th of October. The street will be expecting for Xi Jinping to secure his third term and also a potential to revise the rigid zero-COVID policy that is right now, as well as to announce more of the economic stimulus package if he were to secure his third term. 
All right, Samuel. So we've got a nice macro view of the various factors around the world. If we were to go back to the interest rate hike topic, right? Higher fixed deposit from the banks are back, competing for the market. How do you see this move as a perspective to the stock markets? The fever of the higher interest rate are fast spreading to the fixed deposit market. Local and foreign banks are also raising the rates. That saw the sharp deposit rates aging higher in the range of 2% to 2.5%. That depending on the dependent of holding period and from which bank. Let's take a step back and look at the major stock market dividend yield. They range between 1% to 2%. For simplicity's sake, let's look at also on the major markets like US and China, whereby the market dividend yield are trading at 1.29% and 1.99% respectively. Iliad, as an investor, you yourself, would you prefer to invest in an asset class that gives you higher returns and less of a market risk? And for now, on a simple yield return comparison, the fixed deposit rates yield returns are higher than the stock market yield. That means we might potentially see more pressures on the stock market in terms of capturing the risk appetite of the market. Mm, I would prefer something with less risk always. <laughs> but Samuel, I mean, with, with everything that we've discussed, it's safe to say that we're going to go through a period of financial turmoil, quite a difficult time. I mean, what would be the best option to do until, say, you know, the investment climate gets a little bit clearer? As a saying, when they're going at tough, we get not only being tough, but also smarter how to take right on whatever the market conditions we are given with no choice. When things get tough and visibility of the markets get compromised, it is probably the best time to step up your defensive gears in this market. That would mean paying more attention to companies with strong track record for its earnings vision, companies that maintain high and healthy strong cash flow. These are the firms that in the production arena of necessity goods such as utilities, consumer, and also the healthcare sector. On a simple quantitative compilation for high cash and cash equivalent names, say, on the three key markets like on the US, Hong Kong, and Singapore, it has been evidently shown that the names from the banking sector are also very high on the aspect of cash data. So what I'm trying to say, cash matter in tough times like this. All right then. Samuel, this is a hard one to wrap things up. What are some of the key takeaways for this session? For now, before the macro events get more optimistic and the picture gets clearer, it might be an auction for traders looking to trade volatility through ETF. Currently, the odds are pretty heavy against the bull, so sticking to the high cash hawk as a strategy might be the team. I've been speaking to Samuel Wong, trading strategist from OCBC Securities. This is the Trading Matters Podcast brought to you by OCBC Securities. For more latest markets insights, check out OCBC Securities on Spotify. Contents of this podcast are intended for general information only and should not be construed as a recommendation or solicitation to invest in any financial product. All investments are subjected to risk. Before investing, you should conduct your own self-assessment and seek independent financial advice. For the full disclaimer, visit iocbc.com slash tradingmatters. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.